And another thing And another thing And another thing And another thing Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing Podcast. I'm Tony Clement, your co-host, uh, given special dispensation from uh, Jody Jenkins, who's sleeping in this morning and uh, has given me the opportunity to host the program with our very special guest. So we're going to get right to it. Uh, first of all, of course, I want to thank our sponsor, John Mutton and the gang at Municipal Solutions. Uh, John is a friend of our uh guest as well. So this is, uh, this is perfect timing. But let me say a little bit about Municipal Solutions. They are Ontario's leading MZO firm. They do a lot of work on development approvals and permit expediting, planning services with municipalities, engineering, architectural services, even things like minor variances, land severances, and of course, building permits. So of course, go to municipalsolutions.ca for all of your municipal solutions needs. And thanks, uh, thank you to John again and his team for being our presenting sponsor today. I also want to say that this podcast and every week our podcast is featured on Hunters Bay Radio 88.7 FM in Muskoka, huntersbayradio.com. Every Saturday morning, they have a whole feature about uh, chosen podcasts, and we are one of them, and we really do appreciate that. And I'm sure Jody would uh, would like me to mention going to zekeagency.com or endless, I think it's endlesssummer.com for his golf tournament, uh, which is uh, really just a couple of months away now. So uh, it's coming up fast, and we know Jody's been working very hard on that. So now we are in line for our special guest today, and it is a very special guest. It is none other than Marcel Dion. He was born in Drummondville, Quebec. Uh, He was uh, inducted into the NHL Hockey Hall of Fame in 1992, played 18 seasons for Detroit, uh, Los Angeles, and the New York Rangers. He was a center, of course, and uh, in 2017 was named one of the 100 greatest players in NHL history, uh, achieved a 1976 gold medal as part of the Canada Cup team. And I should mention, because we are going to talk about it, he is an active and successful businessman in restaurants, real estate, sports memorabilia. Uh, I'm sure Marcel will get into that. Marcel, thanks for coming on the program. Well, I'm very happy that uh, we're starting on the right foot this morning. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a couple of tries at this, didn't we? <laughs> hey, you know <laughs> what? It. Tony, I just feel like the Toronto Maple Leaf got beat up again last night. Oh, they did. <laughs> you saw that. <laughs> hey, I was going to ask you, actually, do you actually follow the playoffs even uh, even now? Yes, I do. I think uh, it's much easier uh, as the uh, the playoffs starts to uh, keep track uh, to the great players. You know, there is uh, 32 teams, and uh, uh, when you look at that, it's, it gets confusing, especially when there's trades during the summer, the draft, and so on. So as the, the pot shrinks, then you see the same guys over and over, and that's where you start establishing the ability of those players to, to get there. So uh, very exciting. I do watch, I, and I, I cheat because I – I go and watch the Blue Jays at the same time. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah, I was doing the same thing actually. It's uh, all right, good. 
I don't, I don't think the between period guys appreciate that, but you know, it's uh, when the Jays are on too, you gotta, you gotta pay attention. <laughs> Can I ask, yeah. like, I, I'm, I'm actually one of the big surprises. I, there's a lot of big surprises in these playoffs already. Uh, Boston being defeated, uh, Toronto actually winning a series, I guess is a surprise. Uh, and also the Seattle Kraken, like, uh, should we be watching that team? They, they seem to be doing well. Uh, absolutely. They're the, they're, just like Las Vegas when they came in and in the league and, and the first year and uh, they did accomplish that and uh, here, here's here's my my thing about this whole thing yeah. the the first round the first round is your toughest round because you have team that are very good uh, the days I played uh, Tony you just you 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 reward the team that got the most point to play against the last team that had the least points. They have, they have eliminated that. So as much as the Boston Bruins, what they did, they start off against a team that got almost a hundred points. So how much difference there is, it's for everybody else to think, but I have lived that uh, myself with uh, playing Wayne Gretzky in the playoffs with the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, we beat them. Uh, and it was just a three out of five then, and especially against Edmonton. And they were as fast as the team as you see uh, today in action. But that first round, it's it just grabs you. Here's a little here's a little insight about the Montreal Canadiens. When I a couple guys from the Canadiens got traded to LA, here's their attitude when they. They were already qualified for the playoffs. The last, that, that came from my very good friend, Steve Schott. He says, Marcel, the last 10 games of the year, we just focused to play playoff hockey. Not just to win, but to play playoff hockey. And I don't think it's there now because the team are, are fighting so hard to get in. Like I said, you if you if you had 75 points in my days as a team, you qualify for the playoffs. Now, because the three-point game, you get a point every time you go overtime, that adds up. It could add up to eight, nine points, and, and it's a huge difference. So, uh, Well, I know, and, and the, the, you know, a lot of people this year were comparing the Boston Bruins to the 1975-76 Canadians, and I, I still think there's no comparison because you get all these extra points for overtime and so on. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's progress. Listen, Tony, it's for, I'll call this progress. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. Hey, what do you miss most about, uh, about uh, playing hockey and playing in the NHL? That's a, very, that's a, very, that's a very, very good question. Uh, you audience might laugh about this. I absolutely nothing. There's okay. Tony. I don't miss one thing. I heard you mentioned that the business and uh, other things that I have done in my life. The next day when I retired, the next day, there was no press conference. There's nothing. Pick up my stuff. I left and I went on to do something else with my life. I really, really enjoy from the time I was Five years old playing the game, but when it was over, it was over. Because I watch, I watch all the great ones that I played against, and see how much they prepare themselves for the next trip. I was very, very lucky to play 18 years, actually 19 training camps, and be able to adjust 
to the next move. And the number one thing I wanted, if I could accomplish things in my life without using my name. And it did work. It did work. A lot of guys live on the name, but me, it's just, it doesn't matter. I can walk just about anywhere. They don't know me. I just fit right in. If they know me, it's just fine. But that's been a really a big thing for me. Did you have a mentor like playing in the league that you you followed because they were a success after they retired or or did you think this up yourself? Well, it's 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 well, let, let's take a Gordy Howe for example. That goes for me when I mentioned Gordy Howe, there's a lot of people have no clue who this guy was, just like Babe Ruth, right? As a kid, but I met a lot of great ones and Gordy Howe played 26 years in the NHL. So when I turned pro with Detroit, he was there. He was at the press conference. And I was hoping, hoping that he would just announce, I got one more year. And he did not. Well, then I learned a little bit more about the history. Gordy played 26 years in the NHL and never made any money. Then he went on to play another six years which is incredible. Yeah. Played with his two sons, two in sons. The World Hockey Association. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mark and Marty. And I said, I look at this thing. I said, Who am I? Who, who? I, I can't think of anything like that. So then I started to focus on players, that longevity. But my idols were all the Montreal Canadians Jean, Jean Beliveau, right? Savard, uh, Yvonne Cournoy. Uh, won 10 cups and it was just it gila point right. they talked did tony they talked different because they went they were winning it was not like they were just mopping the floor you know they just they just knew what to talk about and he inspired me and i watched what they did and i said hey you know what winning is great but winning is not everything either because there's going to be an end to this thing and how do you going to become successful. So when I talked to, uh, when I talked to uh, Sean Beliveau, for example, he was uh, in many uh, company as uh, uh, ambassador and all that stuff. And now watch how he, he, he was perfect. Like how he, what he did with the public, uh, how he addressed it. He took his job really seriously. I said, this is how you do it. Right, right. <laughs> and, right. uh, but it was never meant for me, and I have a good friend, very, very good friend that passed away, Guy Lafleur, and he—he he was not—he was—he uh, was a corporate guy. He was not a business guy. So was Jean Beliveau. They—they they, was not a business. He was a corporate guy. He worked for Molson, which Montreal Canadian, and Guy did that. For me, no, I—I—I I, I had. No power with that because I move. I, I was in Los Angeles, and it right, was not right, right. It was not going to be my lifestyle right right there. Beautiful place to live, but it was a little bit too far for my 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 preference of what I'm going to do with my family, and that's how I I challenge the system. And uh, but you learn, you got to pay attention to certain details. Just to kind of jump, I'm going to tell you this. Yeah, yeah. When we played Edmonton and we beat them. That was un- that was unexpected. It was uh, Wayne Gretzky f- his first year. We both tied for the scoring title, and I had more goals 
I was awarded the, the scoring title because I had more goals than Wayne. Okay. How can that be? How can that be? Two more goals, right? I knew he was going to be the first player to get 200 points. It was unbelievable. But hers before the series started, it was we had no chance. I mean, everybody says it's Edmonton. Our coach, his name was Don Perry, and I truly uh, un- believe in that when you watch TV or people that speak. It doesn't take a lot to hit you if you pay attention. He comes in the dressing room. He goes to all the players. How tall are you? You know, it's a 6'2". How much do you weigh? 215. How tall are you? 6'4". He went around the room, but he he went by me, right? Because I'm 5'7", right? He went, but I was, I was stocky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, no, he, then, yeah. He, then Tony, he says, let me ask you. What are you afraid of this team? They're not going to beat us by fighting, but they can beat us by scoring. Right. We went on, and the out the outcome of that series, we were losing losing five nothing after after the second period in Los Angeles. We came back and they called it the miracle of Manchester, one six five. Crazy. And played yeah. another two games and went on to beat the Edmonton Oilers. Like I told you, it was an upset. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But that thing for me, when I talk to kids, and I think that's inspiration there. And it it caught me off guard. I said, yeah, he's right. All we have to do is match him. That's all it is. And we won the series. You know, it's it's interesting. uh, From what, uh, what I'm getting from you is that there's a lot of life lessons you learned from your NHL playing career that you've applied to your business and to your personal life, right? Absolutely. My, my number one thing, well, uh, I had to, uh, a writer from uh, way back, way back when I played with the legends, and uh, he texts me, he says, do you have anything to say about Don Maloney, uh, the uh, uh, new manager of the uh, Calgary Flames? I said, well, yeah, he's a, uh, he's a, uh, he was a nice guy. When I went to New York, I, he was a classy guy. You know, he, he had his brother, Dave, and uh, when I played against him, he was committed to uh, a two-way player, this and that. So I said to him, I said, here's the difference. If he would have played with a center like me, he'd be scoring 30, 40 goals. Mm. And I said, but because he didn't have that center, he never reached that. So the teams are watching you and it says, I believe in players a lot more than management does because I can see what they can do, how you can play the game because it's simple. It's a stick and a puck, right? And I was good with that. I moved the puck. And just, and, but he was a classy guy. And I said to him, I said, you know what? I'm really impressed. He went on with his life, but he stayed in the business as management. Right. And now he makes decisions everywhere for where he played. So, I feel good about that guy. He deserves that. Yeah, and and I think I think you know I think one of the things that you have done is you you understand your own strengths and weaknesses. Like a lot of guys go in and they they've uh they've had their career in the NHL and some of them get a little bit lost because they really don't know what to do with their lives after that. But you you've kind of got an entrepreneurial side to you, don't you? Absolutely. I for anybody that listens out there, doesn't matter who you are, you have, if you're not sure, you have to look at opportunities. 
An opportunity is, is about anything. It's not always about money, but it's to make it happen. And if you see that, if you sniff that, follow, follow, follow yourself and things will evolve. Uh, for me, another thing is just at my age right now, I tell it, everybody says, uh, the simplest thing is, is if there's a problem, don't panic. Why do you want to do a problem? Get the facts together. And for every problem there is, Tony, you find a solution if you work at it. But guess what? Most of the people quit. They panic. And you have to find a way to, how are you, your, your temperament, and how do you control that? And most of the time, it gets resolved. It's got to be, it's got to be resolved. And, um, and I watch other guys. And it's funny you say that. I was at the Hockey Hall of Fame last Thursday, and they are obviously past players and new players. And they never ask me what I do because I'm going to talk to them for 10 minutes or what, for what I do. Right, but you right. know what? They never tell me what they do, and I know they don't do anything. It's just searching, and they're getting in late 50s. And, uh, you know, so now they've been out of the game for a while. And if you're playing for a team that they can't use you, that's a, that's an asset because now your name goes out there. Right. But I'm in, I am in my 70s, and they just say, well, who's next? Who's next? Well, I was with Belleville. I was with Howe. I was with all these guys. And you know what? They went on until they died because yeah. that's it. That was the demand. Eh? And to me, it's nobody sort of prepare yourself for that, even if you hear it. But today's players, and I've, I've witnessed it, my guys never talk about money because nobody had any. They made a livelihood. Well, I mean, Gordy, you mentioned Gordy Howe earlier. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he used to spend his summers, even as an NHL elite player, uh, selling cars. I mean, yeah. that's, that's how he made some money. Because yeah, you're right, he wasn't making it as a player. Yeah. But today... Today, the average player has made quite a bit. They got a startup, not enough to say, well, you got a whole life and uh, see what's going on, what's going to happen. And uh, it's all about money, Tony. It's all about money. They talk, uh, they don't know much about us. They don't know much about our careers. I have always read hockey books, hockey pictures, and look at their equipment. They had they had terrible equipment, terrible training. And you know what? They played the game, and they were good at it. So you make it happen for what's available to you compared to what all athletes today. But there's one thing they forget. All our guys survive. I met a lot of them, never made any money. They went on with their lives. They took care of their families. They were proud to have played in the game. If they played long enough, I mean, if you only, the average Tony is only, it's still only four years, four years. Oh, really? Four years, you're done. Football is the same thing. But you get a a big signing bonus if you manage your money. So these guys, a couple of guys I had a a banquet with, like we show up, and all they tell me, they were, those guys were were pretty good. And they're they're, they're nice names in, in, in the game. And they were so, so shocked to see some young players coming in the league, spend all their money. 
making two million, three yeah. million, and that, that two, three, but you got to pay tax on this. Half of it is gone. They got hundred thousand dollar cars. They got this and that and this. And then the people say, "Well, don't they have agents and financial advisor?" Yes, they do. But guess what? A lot of times they're afraid to say, "No, you can't do it," because you know what they'll they, they'll come back with. You're fired. I'll get say it's my money. That's yeah. like it's my money because they don't see what we see. What's like to get collect your social security or you IRA and and because right now the young people you got to tell them put your money away, put some money away, whatever a little it is, put some away because. When you get there, it won't be none. You'll be shocked. <laughs> yeah. And that's got to be part. Of, I mean, because people come to you for advice, I'm sure. Young young hockey players, uh, hockey families. Is that part of the advice that you give about, uh, you know, marshalling your, your money so that it, it's it, there's something left when you're done? Well, there's a lot more, especially if I talk to schools or something like that. You have to try to figure out who you are, the quicker you know, the better it is. Here's the number one thing. Do you like people? Mm-hmm. So look at me. Say, Do you like people? Oh, yes. I well, now you're ahead of the class. If you don't, you're not going to make it. Because this, I made my fortune going back with the public. And then you got to listen to them. And you got to listen what they have to tell you because they go back in times. It's all about, Tony, it's all about memories. It never stops. They'll say, I remember that game you scored five goals. This, uh, and I'll say, yeah, that's great. But I never scored five goals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously. <laughs> and then you have you have these things now where as celebrities, they can call you and that's where you, you call the person, wish happy birthday. Oh, the cameos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, these, these things. And you learn a lot. And for me, I recognize that you can have such an, it doesn't matter. It's not about all superstars, but how much of an impact you have with people. For example, I had a gentleman that that was his daughter. She called me, says, Marcel, my my dad was a real hockey fan and he really liked you. He was just close to his 80s. And he says, He's just find out he's got cancer, but it's curable. But he lost his wife, and uh, he was totally depressed. He didn't want to live anymore. Uh, he was giving up, right? So I'm going, I said, oh, my God. So then I call him, and then it was, it was a conversation. I said, your daughter told you this. Your son told you this. Your friend told this, but you didn't pay attention. I basically said to you, I said, listen. I said, right now, your wife is looking down on you, and she's not happy what you're doing. You've got grandkids. You can take care of yourself. you got many years left. And I said, this is the way it is. This is your challenge in life right now. Don't give up. You know, I said, and I know the daughter said that to him. This, But because I said it, it's different. Right. After I was done, I said, there's, there's my email address. You email me, and then I will be in touch with you. Keep up, right? I waited two months, two months. And guess what? I said, you didn't think I was going to 
text you back. Eh? <laughs> now, that's the difference to, for me, Tony, very simple. One person is a crowd. I never worry about anything. One person, he could be opening the door. He could be doing something. I stop, look up, and say thank you. Yes. And start the conversation, and it leads to other things. It does. Hey, uh, I got to ask because, you know, when you have such a, an intensive hockey career like you had, you had to deal with adversity. So I'd love to get from you how though that lesson of how to deal with adversity has impacted your life, uh, you know, in, uh, in uh, later life, in, in your business life, in your personal life. You know, it's funny, Tony. It's just that... Uh it's very it's it's very special. I think what I try to say, always remember where you come from. My parents had nothing, my grandparents had nothing, and some and suddenly I have everything. So you try to figure out to say who am I in this world, right? And you gotta test yourself. At the age of thirteen years old, I made a promise to myself that I would never, never embarrass my mom and dad. I never did. I never did. Mm. And that was a big challenge. So you got to go back. I, and I do this. I still do it. Who were my teachers? Yes. Who were my coaches in minor hockey? All those people had an impact with me in my life and made me where I am today. And I am a very confident person, and it's about respect. And if you don't have respect of people, you're not going to make it. Sooner right. or later, something's going to follow you, and you're going to get nailed. And yeah. that's our challenge in our life, and that's what we don't have today. That's what our politicians don't have today. That's what our government doesn't have today. It's people. And I, I am also an American. This is absolutely incredible. We, we are lying to people. We are corrupted, and we get away with it. Well, mm. my grandparents could not do that. They mm. had no money. Their, their life, it was probably to watch one game on Saturday <laughs> and a hockey game, and then my grand, grandfather had to go and make money to bring food on a table. Those days, Tony, they're gone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And those are the simplest thing and nobody applies to it. Do you think that uh, our our newest generation, do you think that there's a chance for them to learn this though? Or, or are you kind of, kind of giving up hope? Yeah, it starts with education and it's not there. It's all these progress uh, that's happening. I was fortunate enough to go to Russia. I've been there four times. Right. And anybody, anybody that doesn't want to be in America, then they can go there and go in these countries where you have freedom of speech is not there. Right. And right. they think they're smart. They are not. They are idiots. And then it's because now my phone, my technology bypass the simplest rules. Again, it's about respect. Right. You don't have 
you don't have to agree with everybody, right? But you got it, Tony. You have to have a dialogue and just communicate. Now it's what's what's happening in, in the United States with this this the money. It's to give money to everybody, and they did. And uh, we had a restaurant. We had to shut it down. People don't want to work. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. There's too much free money out there, Marcel. Well, right. they want everything. Yeah. And, and I think our biggest, as a hockey player, says, you're rich, you're rich, you're rich. The biggest thing, I ended up building over, I had a subdivision, 175 homes. And the number one thing that the government could have helped to intervene something, it's a cost of a house. Mm. It has left millions of people to not qualify and buy a home because it makes no sense. You you buy a house for a shelter. Ah, it's you might see it's an investment, but this does not become your biggest investment in your lifetime. Right. And that's what's happening. That's what's happening. Everybody yeah. is equity rich mm-hmm. and they're cash poor. cash poor. How does that work? <laughs> Well, Marcel, that might be a whole new program, but uh, I, I, I find myself uh, not, not disagreeing with anything you've said. I agree with it. And uh, I, those are very important life lessons for our young people. It's been a pleasure having you on the program. I just want to thank John Mutton and Municipal Solutions again for uh, being the sponsor of this program. And you'll hear it uh, on Terrestrial Radio again on Saturday morning. So Marcel Dion, thanks for being our guest today. My pleasure, Tony. Thank you so much.